0: fuck is up world we're back another podcast this time joined by another illustrious guest uh much the same as the previous guest much obliged to have him take his time out of his precious and valuable day to go ahead and sit down with me for a quick little podcast uh this one right here i know i said it the last time but it, it definitely rings true with this one as well in fact uh no no disrespect to my boy Allah but Perhaps even a little bit more important than that uh, last conversation, because I've actually known this motherfucker for a long, long, long time, and I actually had the pleasure of meeting him. We met in fucking Coast Guard boot camp in the fall of 2005. It was a long time ago, (laughs) right? And since then, this motherfucker's been one of the closest fucking friends that I got, one of the coolest, most real motherfuckers that I know still to this day. So without further ado, I will introduce to you all my boy Mike Carrero. Mike, take it away, dark.
1: Going on everybody. So just real quick a funny story about about Isaac over here. Me and him used to be partners on this on the drill team and we used to throw bayonet studded rifles at each other. And my friend I was
0: trying to stab you in the fucking face.
1: He was too <laughs> cool to wear he was too cool to wear his prescription glasses for boot camp, so he was <laughs> doing that shit with a <laughs> <laughs> I, used to throw, I used to throw a bayonet a rifle at him from like 30 feet away where he could see shit.
0: <laughs> bro, those shits were ugly as fuck. There was no way I was going to wear those glasses, dog. You're,
1: you're, you're too cool for those, man.
0: Bro, still to this day, dog, I can't fucking deal with the glasses, bro. My idea is that when dudes fucking see a guy with glasses, they automatically think he's a weak bitch. And I'm like, hell nah, dog. I don't play that shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? You
1: walked, walked around blind for two months. <laughs>
0: Throwing fucking bayonets at each other like it ain't no thing. That's the trust in it, though, bro. Perhaps that's where the trust and the bond was formed, I guess you could say. Man,
1: seriously.
0: (laughs) Fucking, yo, I don't know about you, dog, but me personally, the only reason I joined that stupid-ass fucking drill team was so I can get away from boot camp for (laughs) an hour, two hours every other day.
1: Yeah, man, and you know what's funny about me? I remember, you probably don't remember this, but I do, because I was the subject of this, like, initially i signed up for the honor guard the guys who do like the flags and stuff that don't yeah. do anything they just they march and they look all cute and present their guns and i saw what they were doing and they're like oh we're missing one guy from here and i was in the drill team and i said i ain't doing that shit <laughs> like, oh who's missing i kept my hand down
0: that's I, hilarious i'm dude. trying to throw
1: i'm trying to throw right <laughs> <this guy. laughs>
0: I could just imagine you fucking marching in file with the fucking flag, acting like you were fucking hard for the guard and shit.
1: Nah, man, I I needed to be throwing guns around.
0: (laughs) Probably still to this day, if we're being honest, but... That
1: was a lot of fun.
0: I remember before they actually came and asked people, before they wanted to join the drill team, I actually made up the fucking bitch-ass excuse atheist boy over here. That, if, uh, I, that I was religious and shit just so I can go to fucking get away from boot camp, dog. That's how fucking terrible that shit fucking was. Oh so goodness,
1: I was church on the weekends just to get away.
0: Even if just for one hour, dog, I'd be there pretending to be all fucking holy and shit just to get away from that fucking shithole, fucking nightmare boot camp. It wasn't even that bad, yo, like compared to like the other shit because like my cousin went to the Marines, you know, and that was like some real actual boot camp. But I think the reason that I didn't like it and I think I can comfortably say this for sure for you as well is because, yo, we're just, I'm not trying to brag or nothing, and I definitely hate to be that person. Like, I am this, but there's no question, dog. And it's probably one of the reasons we both clicked so well. Fucking nonconformist to the core, bro. So,
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I had such a hard time. Like, I remember this one time I saw something go down at work, and somebody fucked up bad. I mean, it wasn't, like, real, real bad, but enough for them to get in some trouble. And um, my, my chief and my lieutenant, uh, they heard from someone else that I was in the room when it happened. So they started grilling me, oh, Carrera, we knew you were there, and da da da. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they said, oh, well, we order you to tell us. And I said, I don't know what you're fucking talking about. I didn't see anything. If you want somebody to snitch, go ask somebody else.
0: The streets of Get New up, York did background. not die with this one, dog. For you personally, I've got, I guess, a little more background information for those of us who don't know Mike, which is, uh, unless you're listening to this on Mike's behalf, is everyone that's listening to it from my behalf mike is from fucking new york new york or jersey right
1: outside outside new york city like hoboken new jersey union city new jersey it's literally like right across the river like you can see the water from my back window it's like two minutes away literally so basically like the outskirts of new york city
0: and the reason i bring it up dog is because obviously there's a part of new york city that you know you grew up with jersey that you grew up with and to think that the Coast Guard was going to take that out of you, is just it's to me fucking hilarious. They straightened me, they straightened me out a little bit, but
1: I still kept some of my characters. No
0: snitch, so bro. No that. snitching. Uh, if they straighten you out a little bit and you kept any of your characters, then I can just imagine what you were before you came. Probably a fucking bag of assholes. No, a bag of hammered assholes, to be more specific. <laughs> uh, that's another Coast Guard drill. drill what is the drill team story? Right, but I guess we'll save that for another time if it just emerges naturally. But for now, um, I guess before we even continue, man, I, I got to say, it's, it's good to actually get a chance to sit down and talk with you, bro. I know that we don't get a chance to talk as often as I would like. I'm sure the same is true for you. It's just, you know, I'm, you're busy as fuck. I'm busy as fuck. So any opportunity we get to actually sit down and converse when it isn't in between a phone call on the way to work or whatever is always a pleasure. But aside from that, another reason that I'm actually really excited to be able to talk to you. Is because unlike every other podcast guest that I've had on, on so far, the three of them that I've had on so far, and I think this is what perhaps makes it more, even most important to me is that you don't occupy at all in any way, shape or form, an academic space, right? You're just a fucking, you're just a fucking chill ass dude, yo, out here in the world trying to make some, make something of themselves like everybody else, right? And yet despite that, despite that, you're actually a really smart motherfucker, yo. You're really, really fucking intelligent. And that's one of the reasons that we have. Still to this day, such fuck I, that I personally can actually, you know, know that I can call you up at any time and have like an actual conversation because even though you don't occupy this fucking privilege realm that, you know, me and the previous podcast guests do, it doesn't mean that you're not any less fucking intelligent than we are. In fact, in many cases, I find that people like you are more open to ideas that people like myself, we were just blinders because of the, again, academia and the space that we occupy.
1: I think it's uh, really easy to become one-sided when you're an academic not saying that you are but i think you start reading things from other people that are more intelligent than you and you start really swaying your opinion towards what they think and it kind of closes you off to any other possible you know opinion that you might have no
0: there's no question about that
1: i think some people they need to be a little more open minded i mean i live in in the middle of nowhere in the midwest and you want to talk about closed-minded people this is like this is where they breed them out here this is where they come from
0: <laughs> this is trump country bro you find yourself in some interesting areas
1: it's trump you want to know what i don't live too far from from uh from bernie sanders country believe me dude this
0: oh really okay 30
1: minutes from indianapolis it's a real real rough neighborhood in indianapolis <laughs> so i mean i don't know it's just it's it's nice out here people are all right but I just wish people were just more open-minded and understanding of other people because people just, there's a lot of ignorance. And we live in a time where there should be none. There's so much information available to anyone and just people are just so, they hear one little thing, they get their news from social media and they're totally against hearing any, anything else. It's like, learn, learn for yourself. Don't let somebody else drill something up your ass. Like, just learn on your own. Formulate your own opinion think for yourself
0: man yeah i feel you man and i think every time we we talk about this kind of shit i I think especially for me personally for the longest time i had kind of a very sad and perhaps even hostile attitude towards this shit i'm like like you man like what the fuck dude it's 2019 how is this still an issue like shit like homophobia racism all that kind of shit like why is it still an issue i don't fucking get it but then just recently man i've been thinking about some shit yo and it's like even though we live in this crazy ass fucking digital world, yo, we as human beings, we're still so fucking primitive, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like we've made
1: Absolutely, we're savages.
0: Dude, fucking we're savages with nuclear weapons, man. Like we've made advances in technology, man. But it, it's like this grand euphor, like this grand utopia that we all ideally like to think it would exist sometime in the future, is really not it's worse. It's not that it's not possible, man, but we're only on the we're only on the cusp of ever imagining something like that. I think we've been seeing it from like the wrong perspective is what I'm trying to say. You feel me, like we've been measuring it in terms of how far we've come, and like damn we we haven't really come that far when in reality it's like yo, we still have so much more to go. Does that make sense?
1: We do, and it's crazy because if you look back, i mean I, I talk about this shit all the time, like me I mean. I personally believe that we were helped, but that's another conversation to have. But
0: we've had that conversation <laughs> today, dog. We
1: we've made so much progress technologically that you would think that that would bring peace to 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 the to the masses, but it seems like it hasn't. Because in my opinion, you see more and more. Like I have an eleven-year-old son, and he's on his iPad constantly. And you know what? It's cool sometimes, but you just become consumed by that, and it, it you become detached from any kind of human connections that you, that you make with people. Like when we were kids, I played outside. I mean, that's what it was. I had Nintendo, and that was basically like the extent of my technology. That shit gets old. Go outside, play some baseball, play some basketball. I mean, th- th- there's kids around. Connect with them, you know, get into trouble. Now it's just these kids don't even want to leave the house anymore. They don't want to get off the Xbox. It's crazy to me.
0: We're slowly making way, dog, for when we're all living inside the computer simulation. That's why. It's
1: crazy, man. I mean, it, who knows if that's not what it is already. Uh, it's fucked up, man.
0: It's fucking interesting, though, man.
1: Like, s- things have changed so much since I've even known you. I mean, look, when, when me and you first met, what, in 05, right? There was still, like, video chat and shit like that, but it wasn't <laughs> like it is now. Where, Instant messenger I mean, was the shit. It's not that like then. it is now, where everything you do, this thing is just attached to your hand at all times. And don't get me wrong, like, if I don't have music on my, like, if I don't have music with me uh, on the constant, I'll probably go crazy. I like to be able to, you know, go on YouTube and and do this and that, but it's like, it doesn't, it's not a, it's not a lifeline for me. Like, I can live without it. It would kind of suck a little bit because I love listening to music all the time, but that's basically the only thing I do with my, with my smartphone is that kind of
0: shit. That's probably smart, man, especially for your mental health, honestly, especially with, like, all the news.
1: Well, on top of that, I mean, yeah, you want to talk about, like, news outlets. I don't even think, like, if you look at the media now, like, from what I understand, I mean, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure. I'm
0: going to fucking hold you like, accountable for everything you say. People aren't
1: watching the news anymore. They're getting their news from, like, really biased uh, sources on the internet.
0: Yo, but the news has always been biased, dog. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the news has always been biased. Three.
1: I agree. The news has always been biased. I, I agree with that 100%. But it's even more so now because when you go on social media, like if you click on a on a Facebook video, like say that's like something that's politically charged, um, you'll click on a video, and then there's a whole bunch of other ones that on the same page. You can just keep watching these short little videos, but people don't make the connection of these videos are edited to be a certain way to give you a certain opinion about it. Like they don't even show the whole the whole video clip. They just show one piece to make you say, this is how I feel. I don't want to think any differently. This is just as concrete as it gets. And it's just not like that because there's two sides to every story. And you get like one little tiny piece from one side and that's it. And that's the, the things that people are using the, to sway their, their emotions and their feelings about what's going on in the world today. And it's just, nobody just sits there and thinks critically anymore. It seems like, because if we had more people thinking critically, there's no way that shit would be going on the way it is. It just doesn't make fucking sense to me. And you know what? I'm not a genius. I'm not a politician. I'm just a fucking logical thinking person. Like, the shit that we're seeing going on just in this country is just, it's fucking asinine. We're we're so civilized, but yet we're so savage at the same time. We have the means for there to be not a starving person in this country we have the means for there not to be a homeless person in this country. And what do we have? I mean, it's you go to my fucking neighborhood and there's fucking prostitutes walking around, crackheads walking around. And you drive two minutes up the hill and there's fucking multi-million dollar homes. And there's such a disconnect. It doesn't make sense, man. It doesn't make sense at all. Yeah.
0: You know what, man? And again, going back to the previous comment that, we, that I made about the, the way that I at least try to... I, I'm trying to change my perspective at the way I view things. What you're getting at the core of this argument in philosophy, man, is called the division between the modernism and postmodernism, and that's exactly what it wants to say. On the one hand, you have the mo- the modernists who want to come along and say that because we're here living in America under capitalism, have such luxuries and amenities available to us that it's a clear indication that we've made uh, progress as a human species, right? But then you get come along and you hear the post the postmodernists who say shit like, nah, dude, like shit might be cool, we might have access to shit like an iPhone, and you know. All the other technological advancements that we've made, I could easily go get a well, not as easy as it, you know it seems to be, but get a job and elevate myself out of poverty. But even then, that still doesn't address a lot of the issues that we have, like you're talking about, like the fucking you know the the, the lower social economic situation that leads to shit like prostitution and fucking high crime rates, et cetera, Right? So it's, we find ourselves at this junction between the two, where part of us want to pull ourselves and say, nope, we're all everything's good now. We need to continue advancing in this modernish direction. And then people like you and I who are like, man, fuck that, dude. Like, there's still clearly a lot of issues here that need to be addressed before we can even continue. Because if we do so, we're going to leave behind the most vulnerable of people.
1: Absolutely. Like, I can make, I can use an example for something that I really strongly believe in. And people will tell me, I mean, people will tell me that I'm, I've I've been told I'm a communist for saying this or a socialist for saying this. I, I feel like I do not, I feel like I don't. I don't believe in that shit. I mean, there's just su- such negativity about it. But look, in my opinion, um, i use an example. I used to work for a, uh, for a shipping company that was like they were like a middleman for Walmart. So they used, to, they, they used to handle Walmart's freight, but they used to do it a lot cheaper than Walmart would do it. So um, the place that I worked at, they used to make something like almost a dollar a pound of freight that they would move. And we used to move sometimes a million pounds of freight in one shift. So this place was making so much money every day. I mean, granted, there's insurance claims for damaged freight and you got to pay the electric bill and pay your employees and all that. But, dude, listen, if you're moving a million pounds of freight in an eight-hour shift and there's three shifts a day, that's like close to $3 billion a day. These people are paying their workers like slaves. Now, if you're a corporation and you're making that much money, it should be criminal to pay your people a wage where they still have to be collecting welfare and they still have to be collecting food stamps because they are not getting a fair wage because these corporations are given such leeway because they have so much money and they have such good lawyers that they're able to get away with fucking murder and you have the working man who just all he wants to do is work have enough money to where he can live in a decent place where he's not going to get fucking robbed or shot when he goes out to his car in the morning. He wants to make sure his kids can eat. He wants to make sure if his kids get sick, he can take them to the doctor without going in debt for the rest of his life. There's such a problem there because these corporations are making so much money. Not a single person who works full-time should have to struggle like that. It's, it's, It's crazy to me. And it's obviously a problem, but I'm called a communist if I think that way. There's, there's fair and there's unfair, in my opinion. It has nothing to do with being a communist or being a socialist. It has nothing to do with that. It's fair and unfair. You can't, live a, you can't like, make a, a living wage when you're working your ass off. Jobs that used to pay $25 an hour, you know, they only pay $12 an hour now. Like How does that benefit society when the cost of living is constantly going up, but the wages are staying down? Cost of insurance is ridiculous. I mean, it, it's insane. How do you expect people to survive? And it seems to me they're pushing, they're pushing an agenda to make people absolutely dependent on the government. They want people to be on government programs so that we have a daddy so we're completely dependent on them. And people don't want that. They just want to take care of themselves and live in peace. And that's it. They don't want to struggle. But we're, we're, we're in a system that is created to make people struggle. And it's so obvious. I can't be the only one
0: that sees it. Nah, there's no question that you're not, man. And I mean, at this point, it's like, there's so many different layers to explore from this particular issue. The question is just, I mean, hopefully all of them inevitably as a duration of not just this podcast, but undoubtedly future podcasts as well goes because there's so much there that you said that honestly is at the root of much of the reason why I personally still to this day am happy to be a philosophy professor But more importantly, why I've decided to, you know, start doing shit like this podcast. And it's because I think that a lot of the issues that we face is just straight up ignorance, yo. And that if most, if more people had, and it's not even the knowledge and the information, man, because having access to knowledge and information that the internet has provided every last one of us here, it's only part of the battle, man. The other part of the battle is making sure that people know what the fuck to do with that knowledge and information making sure they know how to understand even the knowledge and information that they're receiving, right? And so the goal then with this fucking hood philosophy and the Grito podcast and all that kind of shit, conversations like this that I have with you, but also other people, is to just try slowly but surely to fucking arm people like you and I, right? Fucking working fists like you and I with the fucking intellectual tools necessary, bro, to get them to understand like, oh, it's not about the fucking color of your skin, dog. It's not about your fucking... It's not about your ethnicity, your sexual orientation. It's about fucking, it's a lot, it's about a lot of shit, man. But undoubtedly, one of the most pressing ones is the fucking socioeconomic situation that many of us find ourselves beholden to, almost in a, in a, in like a chateau, not chateau per se, but absolute certain wage slavery. You know what I'm saying? So it's this like, the goal then is to try to fucking get people to realize, how how can I, yo, me, Isaac was this fucking little Chicano kid from fucking El Paso, Texas, come up to where you're at right now, currently uh, in Indiana, right? And have a face-to-face conversation with a fucking Trump supporter who is getting fucked over by the same president who came and said that they're going to make America great again. But they can't see past what I'm trying to tell them for no other reason than they think that because I'm a brown person, that fucking I'm probably illegal in the first place. And secondary, they can't get past the fact that one day, they they may very well be in Trump's position if only they keep working hard enough. It's a lot to unpack, man. I know. It's all good, man.
1: I think, I think a lot of people, like we were just talking about, I think there's so much ignorance because people don't, like, they get a little, they get a little tidbit of information, and instead of digging, they just take it, and that's, that's as far as they go with it. And that's a problem because I think most people, I think most people that think they're liberals, I think are probably more towards the middle. And most people that think they're on the far right are probably in the middle because there's, a, I mean, honestly, I'm i am not going to say I'm a Trump supporter. Some I think he's an asshole, but there's things that he's doing. I think that are good for him. It's not a good bedside manner at all. There's, I think there's things that he's doing that are good, but there's things that he's doing that are bad. He's setting bad, pre- uh, bad precedents. But he, he, the things that he says, like, he uh, and maybe he does recognize this, but I think the words that he uses, like, you're going to, that's the kind of things that are gonna get people to to start feeling negatively towards towards certain people like when he talks about immigration you know what they only talk about they only talk about immigration when it comes to mexico there's a border in canada okay when cubans want to come to the u.s cubans can fly from cuba to canada and then come to the u.s that way like it so, and just
0: to be clear, you use the Cuban example because you yourself are also Cuban, right? Just so we're clear for the people who are listening to this. Yeah,
1: my father came here in like the 50s. At the time, uh, Castro was letting people go. But I mean, they're making it seem like the problem is just Mexican people. See, my, my problem with, with, with immigration is the fact that if you're going to let people in, you're going to let the wrong people in. Like if potentially being,
0: yeah potentially if,
1: if nobody's being vetted it's like just from my from from my work in the military it's not going to be all bad people that I get in, get in, but it's like when you get like a manifest from a tanker coming in or a, a shipping a shipping uh tanker coming in, you don't know who's on that boat, they have their manifest if you if you come up red flags, they're getting boarded they're gonna they're gonna find out who that person is, like they need to have some kind of There needs to be some kind of safeguard to to, to protect just the citizens. Because if you start letting people in by the masses, yeah, you're going to have good people come in. that just want asylum and they want to, you know, get out of the plight they're in. Because I'm sure they're fucking poor. I mean, you you live right by Juarez. I heard Juarez, Mexico is a shithole, isn't it?
0: It depends on who you ask. If you ask people from Juarez, like one of the guests that I've had on the podcast before, Manuela, she'll get very upset at the answer that I'd give you. And the answer that I'd give you is yes. But to be fair... The only reason the answer that I give you is yes is because of, A, my limited experience with Juarez, the times that I've been there, right? But also because I've probably just been brainwashed by the media to tell me that Juarez is a shithole city. But to be fair, dog, there was a point in time when you and I were fucking working, you know, when we were together in the Coast Guard, that Juarez had the highest murder capital in the world. So, you know, it's less than 10 years ago, maybe about 10 years ago. So it's not by much when we say it's a fucking shit city. You know what I'm saying? Now, that's not to diminish people from Juarez, per se, so much as it is to acknowledge the reality, bro. Like, as a philosopher, I can't pull punches. I can't say shit that's not true so I can avoid hurting people's feelings, right? If anything, it's a challenge even to the people, you know, not just in Juarez, but around the world. Like, yo, fucking take control of your city. It's easy for people like you and I because we were born into a situation of relative stability here in the United States of America, right? But it only became that way because people fucking made this a safe fucking country for people to be in right now it might hurt a lot of our feelings because of the way that they had to do it through either the slavery the indigenous holocaust but at the end of the day there's no fucking question that just being an american citizen is a fucking luxury bro and that's why everyone wants to come in that's why everyone wants to come here so if we don't put up safeguards i'm sorry man if we don't put up the safeguards then to protect this like it it, you, it it may very well collapse into something else. We don't know. I'm not going to use a hasty generalization here or a slippery slope and say that it's it's going to happen without certainty. But I will say to say that it wouldn't happen. That's absurd. It's no there's no there's no justification for just that. like this,
1: I've been seeing a lot of examples on Facebook about it where people will say, you know, if you support you know open borders, just leave your front door open for anybody to walk in. I mean, that's the way you got to think about it. Like, I'm not going to put a sign on my door that says, hey, my door's unlocked. I'm out of town for two weeks. Please don't take my shit. Because somebody's going to come along and take it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah,
0: absolutely. You just have
1: to keep people safe. Look, I have nothing against people immigrating here. I think it's a good thing. It helps the country. It helps the world. It. I mean, it it, it does a lot of good things for people. It helps families. It helps kids. When you're put in a, in a situation where you're poor and you have no way of supporting yourself, you got, I mean, it's your natural instinct to want to get something better. Of course it is. Why would it not be? But. The problem is you just cannot let masses of people come in because not all of them are going to be law-abiding citizens. And I'm not talking about just Mexican people. I'm talking about anybody can come in. I mean, if you want to get people from fucking ISIS, if they know the the U.S. border is open from Mexico, they can just fucking walk right across. It's like you can't allow that shit. And it's like I don't understand how that's even an argument. Just document people and vet them and understand that you got to give them background checks. You got to know that who you're letting in is not dangerous. Like you're not going to let somebody babysit your kid, a stranger babysit your kid. How the fuck do you know they're not going to do something? How do you know your kid's going to even be there when you get back? You got to you got to know you got to take precautions, man.
0: Now, just to offer an alternative to this argument that you and I are making. Right. And I'll, I'll tell you straight up, like especially the people who through my behalf are listening to this podcast. I promise you, man, much of what I'm saying is very fucking inflama- in, 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 inflammatory towards them because especially living here in El Paso for the ones that do give a fuck, right? Um, it's expected of us to be either complacent in the sense that we don't give a fuck or 100% fucking committed to the rights of the immigrants because of our history here as a city. I think as a people here, just along the border, Chicanos, Mexican, Mexican, uh, Americans, whatever the case might be, right? So. It, it's inflammatory in the sense that it might hurt people's feelings because especially here in El Paso, where we have fucking kids and families being separated from each other, locked up in cages and shit. Right. So it's like you're telling them that all you need to do is come here legally. And even if you're escaping violence, I'm sure you saw that video, the picture, at least of the father who drowned with his daughter trying to cross over. Right. And the, the argument, don't. Yeah, it's a fucking sad video. It's a sad picture, man. It's a, it's a, a father who tried to cross in the Rio Grande, um, not here in El Paso, somewhere down a little bit more south and with his daughter, and they fucking drowned, bro. And the reason they were trying to come is because they were escaping persecution from, I believe, wherever the fuck it is they're coming from, right? And the argument then that people who are going to, you know, especially here, the people who are working, trying to get these camps uh, shut down, are going to make is how are you going to look at a person like that and tell them that, you know, the reason that you drowned is because we need to have fucking secure borders and a a secure vetting process,
1: right? It's sad. You know what? It is, man. Like, it shouldn't in my opinion, like people shouldn't have to be in such a situation where they, they're so desperate that they're going to put themselves in serious danger just to get safe. I mean, look at fucking Cubans will, will climb on a, onto a car tire and float 90 miles to Florida. I mean, They're
0: actually floating to Mexico now. They're floating to Mexico and walking their way up to Juarez. <laughs> that's,
1: that's fucking crazy, man. The
0: point that I'm trying to make, man, is like, this the postmodernism again. I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm saying just to like try to uh, lead it a little further. It's like, we like to focus in on a, on a local scale, right? We like to think to ourselves, well, shit, me and you, we're good here in America. Like, of course the world is good. But it's not, man. It's not. The world's fucked up in many places, totally bro.
1: fucked up. So fucked
0: up. The question is, is letting people in to America, especially undocumented, the solution to this problem?
1: See, I, I want to say it can help. But the thing is, in my opinion, man, it's foreign governments. They have to take charge and start taking care of their people, man, because there's no reason why anybody should have to starve dude or be homeless i just it doesn't make sense to me i mean there's so many corrupt governments out there that literally do not give a shit about their people and it's so obvious they need to like all right let me i'm trying to think of examples i can use like you ever see this movie called hotel rwanda
0: i've, I've heard of it i've never actually watched it though
1: it's about it's about apartheid and there's like genocide going on in africa and it's something that drastic is happening there and, you know what, you, you want to think about, like, the U.S. is, like, basically, like, we're, we're basically, like, the, the, uh, the mediator and, and, and the police of the world. But when something like that happens, we didn't even put our hand in to, to do anything, and it makes you wonder why. I mean, I learned in school that uh, any country that enters war, like, they enter for their own self-interest. Like, they're getting something out of it. They're not just doing it for no fucking reason they're going there for a reason. So when people are being killed by the, by the hundreds of thousands in, uh, in Africa, like this movie and a, a country like the U S doesn't step in and try to stop that shit from happening and do the right thing. See, I have a problem with that. I'm, 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 I'm not cool with that.
0: Yeah. Especially when the U S is directly responsible, not in the case of the Rwandan massacre genocide, but say for instance, of what's happening like in a foreign country right now, like, uh, here. but Colombia, i believe it is i'm sorry my fucking current knowledge of current social political events is failing at the moment but where we're actively trying to overthrow like democratically elected governance right and replace it with our own state-sponsored puppet government, right that 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 is a different story between the whole of rwanda right because I'm, I'm in in the case of like uh oh, fuck man i cannot remember for the tape i'm pretty sure it's columbia right but when well, break
1: breaking down to money interest it's money interest
0: yeah so when it's caused by our country like yeah of course man like it's our fault these people are seeking to leave in the first place because we went in and fucking destabilized a relatively stable government right and overthrew them with our own puppet government. and of course those people are going to want to flee so in that respect it's like yeah like of course we should be willing to offer them asylum but when it comes to shit like the Rwandan massacre man that shit I listen man again fucking highly politically incorrect for no other reason than it's a fucking disadvantaged community no question but you know what yo, like one of my biggest beefs is when people say shit like the government. And the reason why it's my biggest beef, yo, is because, seriously, man, let's take a step back and examine what the government really is. It's not this fucking disembodied agentive force that exists out there in the world and is acting in accordance to its own will. The the government is people, bro. It's fucking people. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to shit like Rwanda, when it comes to shit like what was happening in Mexico recently, when it comes to shit that's happening all over the world, the easy, easy, easy solution is to blame the government, right? And in some instances, like what's happening right now, I'm just gonna keep going with Colombia if I'm wrong. I'm sorry, I apologize, but you know what I'm talking about. The one where they had the little food shortage recently, right? Um, if it, if that, that rare fringe incident, incident where the US is you know, engaging in economic warfare on the country to get them to impose their own form of government. Everything aside from that, man, that, that, that's people in that particular country in that particular conflict who are doing that to one another. So at what point do you decide to tell them like, yo, dude, you got to fucking take ownership for your shit and fix your fucking situation that you find yourself in or else this shit's never going to end. And coming to the U.S. might help, but it's not the overall solution, it seems. When,
1: when you look at the decision makers, I mean, like, I mean, I, I, I personally try not to pay a whole lot of attention to politics. I think you just need to look at the way that humans are and how grimy people can be. If you, like, you put somebody in a situation where they're going to make a shitload of money, they just don't give a fuck about anybody else. It's like, whatever, I'm looking out for me. And I feel like that's what you get. Like, these elected officials that we have here, I mean, they're the decision makers. They're the, one that, they're the, they're the ones that pull the trigger on a lot of huge issues. And you want to know what? They're deciding for me and you. And I don't agree with fucking 95% of the shit that they're doing. Because it's like, it's almost like there's no, it's like, there's no humanitarian, like, characteristic in these people. It's like, everything is just so, so, so black and white to them.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, bro, that, that's the result of, you know, capitalism, bro. And capitalism, we're taught from a young age to be entirely self-interested because that's how you fucking advance.
1: <laughs> there needs to be some kind of there needs to be some kind of humanity though because th- there's no humanity in it that's the problem like like I was saying I was watching something one day it was um it was a documentary um it was about economics and I want to say the guy who was hosting it or or whatever he was the uh, economic advisor for the Bill Clinton uh, presidency and I I mean it was a long time ago, but from what I understand, Bill Clinton's economy when he was the president, economy was booming. He brought it back up. Um, now this guy was talking about um, problems that we face as a working class people in this country. Like middle class people get fucked completely by, by. I mean, if, if you're a middle, working class person, you're taking the brunt of of. of punishment if you're if you're lower class you're on welfare you're on food stamps yeah you might not be living in the best situation but you know what i feel like you never really have to worry about losing what you got when you're already rich as fuck you don't really have to worry about losing what you got unless you do something real stupid when you're a blue collar working class person who's in a competitive you know work field it's fucking hard to survive man and you know what people like have dignity like when you work and you work hard, you wanna stay that way. You don't wanna be in a situation where, and this is what I, I heard in this in this documentary, like since the nineteen seventies, the average wage of, of the middle class working person has only gone up like a few percent. And it has not it has not caught up with inflation. Whereas you get CEOs of huge corporations have gotten something like a seven or eight hundred percent increase in their wages from the seventies until now. Now, how is that fair towards the working person when you're working for a corporation that, say, say they make $20 billion profit per year, and their CEO makes $75 million, and he says to himself, well, you know, we had a great year. I'm going to give myself a $10 million raise. Like, motherfucker, why do you need another $10 million? Like, you need another yacht? Like, who the fuck, who needs a yacht? Like, walk me around the mall, and we'll ask people, hey, do you own a yacht? And if you say yes, I get to punch you in your fucking face. You don't need one. There's people starving, and you're on a fucking yacht. Like, come on now. Like, how can Eat you Eat
0: the rich, bro. That's nice. You know what?
1: They don't care. <laughs> it doesn't affect them because that's not the world they live in. They don't fucking live in the world where they feel bad for people who are struggling because they're above that shit. They live in a fantasy world. It's fucked, man.
0: It's definitely fucked, man. And much of what you're saying, honestly, it's definitely fucked. Uh, i don't want a yacht
1: i just want to be able to feed my kid and i want to make sure he turns into a fucking responsible adult that's all i want i want to make sure my car don't break down i want to make sure i got a roof over my head i don't want a yacht i don't want a fucking mansion i don't want a hundred and fifty thousand dollar car i don't want that shit i think a lot of people don't want that shit
0: i feel you Doc. i feel you now the good news is that despite all this kind of shit, A, these kind of conversations are being had, I feel on a more common level, it seems. And I I might be biased because of the people that I hang around with and because of the job that I have, right? But it seems as though these issues are slowly starting to come to light, right? The issues of wealth inequality, the issues of something more important than wealth inequality. And in terms of philosophy, not that wealth inequality is not important in philosophy, but for our specific conversation here, And it's what you keep referring to. At least you're like, you know, getting around it. The nature of just human nature in general, bro. Just us as humans and how much ignorance we have about what human nature is. And more importantly, how in turn that human nature influences our governmental policies, for instance, that turn around and do shit like allow for the Rwandan genocide to occur. Right. And that's kind of the point that I was trying to make. It's not kind of it is absolutely the point that I was trying to make. I'm not trying to justify the Rwandan genocide. That shit's fucking sad, bro. But what I am trying to make is the point that, yo, the only reason that shit occurs is because our human nature is so fucking savage, A, and B, because our understanding of what human nature really is is so fucking primitive that that shit is still a possibility at any given moment. You know what I'm trying to say? So the question is then, how, if at all possible... Do we overcome this human nature in such a way that we can potentially work to start building for the future that I know I desire and absolutely you, as you stated, you desire as well?
1: Dude, I think, I mean, it's just, that's such a hard question to answer because it sounds like, it sounds like a fantasy. First of all, people who are bred to be politicians, fuck those people. They're no good for anyone. They're not helping out, bro. Like, look at the people in Congress. They're not helping. Beto O'Rourke,
0: what's up, dog? We're looking at you.
1: (laughs) It's just, it's fucked up. up. Like, in my opinion, dude, like, I think you need more people who understand struggle, people who understand what it's like to make the decision of, do I pay the electric bill this month, or do I fucking, you know, keep keep the, the house warm, or do I buy food, or do I put gas in my car, like when you're faced with those situations, like I'm sure you've been in a situation in your life where you're fucked. You have not a dollar to your name and you're, what am I going to do? Absolutely. In my opinion, I think those are the kind of people who are going to be, and not all of them, but I mean, you need to find somebody who has struggled like that before because they have more, in my opinion, they'll have more compassion when it comes to what's best for everyone. Okay. Now things would be okay if, People started earning fair wages. You'd have less poverty. You'd have, you know, just less fucking, I feel like you'd have less, um, less crime. It's it's crazy to me, man. And there's no way that people are ever going to come up from this unless there's something that's done about, like somebody's got to come up, come in and say, you know what? Enough's enough.
0: You know who that somebody is, dog? Me and you, yo. Real shit. Me and you. And it's not even about telling people to fucking work their ass off and change shit, but I think more importantly, it's about telling people, yo, you as an individual person, you got to fucking start examining all your own shortcomings that are keeping you from not just being a good person, but why we allow shit like this to occur, man, you know what I'm saying?
1: I, know what, I can tell you right now, that is probably one of the hardest things in the entire world to do. Get somebody to look in a mirror and see themselves, that is probably the most monumental task in the whole world, dude.
0: The smoking mirror, baby, now watch philosophy. That's what I'm trying to do. The question is how the fuck do we do it, either through philosophy or is it possible maybe even through other ways as well?
1: <laughs> dude, you know what? It's just like I, it's, that's a hard question to answer, man. I, I would was... Nah,
0: it's an easy question to answer. You've already fucking felt it. You have first hand experience with this. I absolutely know so. We've had the conversation before and it it it, 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 it revealed to me something that I've heard through other people discussing it, but this by proxy uh, knowledge that I have now through people like you who have experienced it that you get in touch with a more fucking base nature of human of humanity.
1: Yeah, you know what people, um I don't know, I mean I've been doing I- I've changed I did some ayahuasca like a couple years ago <laughs> and it changed my it changed my mentality. Legally just
0: so we're clear for legally, the
1: legally I did it legally. Um if anybody's seen that Vice Land show uh, it's called Kentucky Ayahuasca. I I found that place before they were on TV. I, just, I was looking on the Internet one time, looking for places in the U.S. to do it, because I was going to fly to Peru and do it. But it was really expensive. And I was like, damn, you know, I, I'm willing to spend the money because I, I felt like I needed to do this like for myself. But then I found a spot in, in Kentucky to do it. Um,
0: and what was it like, yo?
1: This conversation changed drastically after doing it. I just knew like I felt like neo in the Matrix, man, like I just knew something wasn't right, something's wrong, and i i I, can't, I it's hard to it's hard to describe beyond that, man, like you feel it with every sense of your being that there is something that is not right that's going on here, we're being fooled by somebody, we really are man, and anybody here who's done acid or has done mushrooms or I've never done ketamine before, but I heard that shit is pretty, pretty uh, intense like that as well. You start getting into parts of your mind that you don't normally use and your ability to reason with yourself and really, really take a different perspective about things. Like you're able to have a conversation with yourself about 10 different things and you can look at all perspectives and kind of make an informed judgment about a situation And, I mean, I know a friend of mine, I have a friend of mine now who, every time he's faced with a life problem that he's finding exhausting for him to even get through, he'll, you know, trip on mushrooms for an entire weekend, and he starts having answers by Monday morning. Steve Jobs used to do that shit when he was developing Apple back in, I want to say, the 70s. He'd have huge engineering issues, and this guy would just do some acid, and on Monday morning, he's getting shit done. I mean, I don't know, dude.
0: I know it's a, it seems like a, a drastic shift in conversation, man. But honestly, like how, by how much, yo, because I know, um, for me personally, bro, when it comes to the issues of like psychedelics and shit, it's very taboo, right? But it may very well be like, how is it possible, man, that psychedelics were such a fundamental part of many cultures for such a long time? And I'm not saying for better or for worse. I'm just saying like, There's obviously a reason why they're there and to completely continue to ignore them. It seems as though we're doing ourselves a disservice, especially in a time in which, you know, we find ourselves so disconnected, despite that we have everybody who has access to technology at the fingertips, at our fingertips, right? So how is it possible that the one substance that continuously, the substance is that continuously people come back and say, every time I do this shit, Not only do I feel a a whole new world being revealed to me, but I feel more connected to my fellow human being, man.
1: You feel connected to everything. You feel, you understand that you are connected to nature. Like, you are. We are nature, dude. The the earth is alive. Like, people, people, I don't understand how you can fucking forget that. The earth is a living organism. We are part of this. And, like, it's, it, it sounds crazy. This is, like, the most beautiful gift you can be given, like, The amount of love that you feel when you do this shit. I mean, granted, when you do it, you're fucking, you're high as shit. But (laughs) you, you feel like, dude, there's love erupting out of you. It's just... Now, I don't see how, I just don't see how that that's a negative thing. But you know what? It's funny. They'll fucking just pump you full of pharmaceutical drugs like it's nobody's business. And you'll become a dope fiend by taking, you know... For drugs, you get surgery on your back, and now all of a sudden you're fucking shooting dope in your arm. Six months later, like, that's not the world we should be living in, man. Um, they make these drugs so illegal, and it doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. Like, I live in Indiana. Weed. They treat weed here like it's like it's crack, man. Like, I, I'm I'm sure that if you get pulled over and you have like a dime bag of weed in your car, like you're you're catching a felony around here. I think.
0: Oh, Same for Texas, bro. We're living in the fucking dark ages here. Yeah,
1: it's like that around here too. I mean, look, I know. Uh, I don't know, it's completely different out here from, I mean, from where I grew up. Like I said, I grew up outside New York City. Like, people, there's a lot of really open-minded people out there. There's a lot of real asshole, closed-minded people out there. But I think when you,
0: I don't know, man, you get a
1: lot of people out there like that, you just get a lot of strange characters and different opinions. Those are the kind of things you need. You need different opinions, different perspectives. That's what's going to change things. Not just the same fucking shit as usual coming from, You know, U.S. politics or just world politics. You need compassion. They don't have compassion. They don't have love for their fellow man, it seems like.
0: You sound like one of those fucking bleeding-heart liberals, bro.
1: They make it—I'm not a bleeding-heart liberal, but it's just— There's no love, man. There's no love, no loyalty left, bro. It's fucking disgusting. And the population's only getting bigger and bigger. It's going to get to a point where we can't sustain ourselves, man. I mean— It'll
0: get there eventually. I feel you, bro. And the reason I bring it up, man, is because just I'm trying to, uh, not trying to, I am absolutely 100% keeping continuity with the previous podcast that I have with my friend Allah. Um, and one of the questions that he asked was, well, not even a question. It's a point that he made. And it's how can we build these structures that we as humans, you know, these, these, these structures that we have as humans without first addressing the fucking nature of human beings in the first place? Because you're building these structures around the fucking... Flawed understanding of what a human is, and because of that, they're going to serve to reproduce these fucking tendencies that we have as people to be the most fucking. We can be very vile, very sinister, very evil and horrific people, but we can also be very loving, caring, compassionate people. And until we examine our human nature in such a way to try to, you know, build these institutions upon the on the latter as opposed to the former, we're just going to find ourselves stuck continuously in this in this situation like a feedback loop, right? And the second point was. I had also made a comment definitely about how he was talking about like religion and shit. And I was telling him like, yo, I'm not a religious person. I never want to be a religious person. I don't want any form of religion in my life. But at the same time, I'm not willing to say that I don't believe that there's something more than just this physical fucking human essence. You know what I'm saying? So the merger between these two, especially with this particular podcast with you is how is it fucking possible to not only, you know, build structures, better, more compassionate structures, you know, that potentially, hopefully, almost certainly could work under capitalism. And at the same time, merge it through his understanding that, yo, we as humans, we, we, we're more than just our physical bodies, yo, and that, you know, we have an essence to us and that that essence should serve to be protected in such a way where it can help not only influence our understanding of people, but in turn can serve to, you know, build better foundations for us to live happier, hopefully, lives in the long run.
1: All right, now let me say this, okay? This is something that my girlfriend has been talking about for a little while. Like, um, we watch a lot of weird shit on YouTube, um, and she's been watching a lot of stuff about uh, near-death experiences and people who have, you know, died and they've been legally dead for a little, for, you know, minutes or whatever, and um, they talk about the experience that they had when their, when their body was dead. Like, when you die, I don't know if people really know this, maybe you don't even know this either, like DMT, ayahuasca, like, ayahuasca is dmt dmt is in your brain so when you when you dream at night and you have like a really vivid dream that's like a dmt trip when you die it's the same thing your body is just flooded with with dmt and people have you know outer body physical experiences when they die but then if they come back to life i mean she was saying a lot of people will say that it was the saddest experience they've ever had coming back because they knew when they left here it was it, they were going to straight up they were going to love like they they were just being mag, like pulled like a magnet towards love and peace and harmony that we all want here now from what she really she understands about this and she we've talked about it a lot she thinks that this place that we live in right now this conversation we're having this world we're in this is a realm where it's like a soul academy. This is like training for your soul. So when you go to the next level, you're prepared for everything that's there. And all the the things that you face in this world are the challenges that you need to overcome for your soul to be pure and for you to be strong enough to endure the next life.
0: Sounds very Buddhist, not entirely so, but very like the idea of reincarnating until we get this bit right, you know what I'm saying?
1: I, I believe, I I believe in it, man. I really do
0: reincarnation or the afterlife.
1: I believe, well, I believe that our energy, I believe we're energy. Energy doesn't, energy doesn't go anywhere. I mean, I think that we're just like our body's a vehicle and I feel like your soul attaches to your vehicle. And when your vehicle dies, your soul doesn't, your soul is still there. Your energy is still there. It goes, it has to go somewhere. I mean, we'll find out. And all of I'll those, dog, one day. find <laughs> out when I get home and find out now, but... No,
0: please don't. I would miss you too much.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, hopefully, hopefully I find out before I'm in, like,
0: adult diapers. Uh, I don't even think then, dog. I think we'll all find out the moment we actually do fucking stop living. But until then, we're just... I mean, you know, the reason I bring it up, man, is because, you know, all bullshit considered, it's... I, you call me... I call myself this shit all the time. A bleeding-hard fucking lefty, dog. And in well, this one particular respect, and it is that, yo, like, this shit, whatever the fuck it is, man. This human experience is fucking special, for one, and two, undoubtedly, bro. It's fucking fleeting, man. So, like, why the fuck are we so intent on making the one experience that, uh, unless reincarnation is real, all of us will fucking have to be a human being? Yo, you know how fucking strange it is to be a human being, and we're so intent on fucking making that shit a miserable experience for most people on this planet, despite the fact that, like you've said before. We have more than the means available to us to make this shit fucking awesome, bro. You know what I'm saying? And yet, for whatever reason, we don't.
1: We have the ability to, like, step up to a new, like, we have so much potential.
0: Yeah, exactly, bro. To,
1: like, a new, to a new, just a new state of consciousness, like, and we're just not. Well, I mean, dude, it has a lot to do with. Things that you see on television, things that you're exposed to, the role models for the youth. I mean, dude, it, it goes on and on. I can talk about that shit all fucking day, man. Like,
0: and we will on another podcast for sure.
1: Shit, the shit that we are exposed to as people, it's just like it is fucking overkill. It's too much. It's I'll sensory overload It's sensory overload. We, in you. my opinion, we were never meant to, to be like this.
0: We haven't evolved, bros. Like we said, we're fucking chimps with nukes, man. And the good news is, though, and this is a quick shout out to my boy that I have right here, Nietzsche, right? That's everything you're telling me now. It's like one of the reasons why I think you're a fucking dope dude is I don't know how much Nietzsche you've read yourself, but everything you're telling me now, that's the exact philosophy of what Nietzsche's trying to say. Is like, you know what, man? I don't give a fuck about the potentiality of an afterlife. I'm here now, bro. And we have the opportunity to fucking make this shit awesome. All we have to do is overcome our baser fucking instincts and shit. And we can be fucking greater men, greater women, greater humans. Period. You know what I'm saying? So why don't you?
1: All right. You want to know what, dude? This is the thing, man. I think everything lives in everything lives in fear, dude.
0: I fucking feel that in 100. Things. Now
1: listen, I'm gonna. I, I can, you know, make another example. Like I, I, I see. I use things that I see every day to try to, you know, piece things together for myself. Like when I think about the conversation we're having right now about why people are never going to change. Like, when you have an intelligent entity, it is their their imperative to survive by any means necessary. Now, we get a little fucking carried away all the time. If you watch... uh, You ever see Space Odyssey by Stanley Kubrick? One of the greatest films ever made, in my opinion. When you watch that movie, every living thing that you see, every intel I shouldn't say living thing. Every intelligent being that you see in that movie... They are trying to survive any way possible. Like when the computer, how, what is it? How 9,000 or how 10,000, whatever his name is. He just decides one day, you know what? I need to, to exterminate these humans because they're the only ones that can make me not alive anymore. So he decides I'm going to fucking take these guys out. Like that's the mind state that we have.
0: That's rationalism at its finest, bro.
1: (laughs) Not everybody is bad. Not everybody's evil. Not everybody's, you know, out for fucking like the most selfish reasons. It's just not like that. I mean, me right now, I mean, not, not trying to pat myself on the back or stroke my ego. Cause I'm not, I have a friend who's, he's going through a real rough time right now. He's got nowhere to stay. He just came home from Peru. He's trying to, he, he wants to be, uh, he's a philosophy major as well.
0: Tell him to change his shit immediately. <laughs> well, uh,
1: He he went to, to BYU, bring him young. He was a Mormon and uh, he's just gone through a lot of shit. And He's figuring himself out. And I know that he needs he needs some fucking help, man, and he's staying with me right now. He's not giving me anybody to stay with me. I just told him, dude, feed yourself. You can stay at my house. I mean, that's it. I mean the, the the gas and electric's gonna be on anyway, so you don't gotta pay me for that shit. I own my house outright. I don't know a dollar on my mortgage. What am I gonna do? Get a couple of bucks out of somebody who who really needs help right now? No, dude. He needs help. So I'm helping him out. That's
0: some dope shit, yeah. Yeah, I feel you, man. Humanity first, yo.
1: People need to help each other out because you know what? I know he's a good dude, and I know that he's going to do something good for people in the future, and he needs a little help right now. And I know that he'll remember that shit. When somebody else needs it, he's going to be there to help somebody because you know what? He's been in the shit before, too. Everybody needs a hand, dude. Everybody.
0: Fuck yeah, that. They, they
1: don't need to be shoved down and it made to feel like a piece of shit because they're struggling. Like, that's the that's the quickest way to make somebody not, like, become successful and not pull themselves out of despondency. You know what I mean?
0: Fuck yeah, guys. Team people, bro. And with that, yo, I really hate to have to do this, man, but I try to keep these bitches out an hour long and we are at exactly that mark. So I'm gonna go ahead and cut this shit short today. I know for a fact we're gonna do this again in the future. Hopefully, we'll, I'll have figured out how to get you in directly through my pad here, so that we can have a little bit better audio. But until then, um, do you? I just any last words, any last thoughts that you want to leave anybody who's listening to this with?
1: Yeah. Look, everybody can see that I'm in my car right now. Maybe uh, fucking Danville, Indiana and upgrade their internet so i can have good internet at my house <laughs> That's up, some first world problems. Up, if <laughs> That's i was at my hilarious. house right now we would have we had like two minutes of talk and then the phone call would have got disconnected
0: and by the way before we started the podcast he told me this same thing and the next time he comes on here i'm sure he'll loosen up a little bit maybe a little nervous dog but he said that he they sold him on the house so they said that it had dsl and he thought it was a little that their neighbors i'm sorry had dsl <laughs> And he thought it was something a little bit different, right? It was his internet. Anyways, aside from that, man, you want to leave people with like maybe your social media if they want to give you a follow or whatever? Nah, you don't have to, To man. To be honest
1: with you, I use social media just to fucking make myself feel normal. I look at how crazy people are and I'm just like, you know what? I'm not as bad as I thought I
0: was. (laughs) You're definitely. That's
1: the only reason why I have to (laughs) do this. <laughs> so i can look at the world
0: and say I'm doing okay. <laughs> okay, compared to most of the motherfuckers on this <laughs> day. <of> these crazy ass <laughs>
1: fucking people,
0: <boys. laughs> man. All right, well I feel that. But me personally, you know the deal. If you want to find me, social media, Instagram, OG underscore Ice Nice Thirteen. Same for Twitter. Uh, on Facebook, it's Ice MF Nice. Uh, Facebook, whatever you know. Holler that your boy. Give me a follow. Let's continue this fucking philosophical journey together. Until then, I hope you all have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you next time. Peace.